Whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't just any other episode. Let's try that again. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. My name is Audrey Pennington, and I am the student director of this podcast, but today, I'm your host. For this exciting milestone, we'll be taking a look back at some of our favorite moments from the past 49 episodes and celebrating the leaders that helped to make this podcast great. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. In order for great leaders to effectively lead others, they must first learn to lead themselves. Here at the Institute, we believe that some of the first steps of learning to lead yourself are recognizing and understanding the crucible moments in your life and then finding a mentor or coach to aid you in your leadership journey. Here's what our guests have had to say. I think it is this this consistent commitment to your own self-growth and this inner journey that allows the outer journey to kind of fall into place. I mean, when you're young, you might not have gone through a, you know, a life-defining crisis, but there's a pretty good chance it will happen. There are very few people that reach their 80s that haven't had some kind of crucible life-defining moment, so it'll happen. And so being forewarned or forearmed is sort of helpful. Your worst day in life doesn't define you. You take, let's say, a passion that you have in life and passion which may be connected to your purpose. So it's almost like a bridge of defining where you are now in your life and then on the other side of that bridge, where you want to be. And so in any aspect of your life, that bridge is going to require work and it's going to require focus and it's going to require baby steps at times and sometimes giant leaps. You don't know what you don't know. So yes, you can be confident in your abilities going into a job, say, as an entry-level professional, but you also really need to be open to feedback and resilient, have a bit of a thick skin, and realize that one of the best traits that you can have in this world, whether it's professional or personal, is being curious, mm-hmm. wanting to to know what you don't know and to grow mm-hmm. through experiences. Find a mentor, find like what, figure out what, where you want to work in the industry, like what kind of job you want to have in the industry and find someone who does that job and write to them or figure out how to get in touch with them, offer to work for them for free and learn from them. If you can start off as a PA or as an intern at a company that you respect that does great work and offer and kind of throw yourself in the mix and, hey, what can I do? How, How can I help? you're going to kind of be seen. I tell that to all the interns that work for us. Like the more you do, the more you offer to do, the more 
you will get offered to do. And you know, the better, the more you, more you take advantage of those opportunities, the better off your, you know, your career will be. And if you can find someone who's good at what they do and learn from them, that is, that's priceless. You know, in our jobs, we never want to say, I don't know what I'm doing because we feel scared that we're going to be judged. But I think it all starts at like the very onset of that relationship of as your manager, I got you. Then you're on the same page. It's not like a hierarchical relationship. It's like a partner relationship. The next part of your leadership journey is developing your ability to effectively lead others. Here are some of our favorite pieces of advice and insight from past guests. Leadership, I always say it is the three Ps. It is a privilege. It is about purpose. It's about passion. And as a leader, I think the most important thing to do is to listen. And it's really important to understand what someone is trying to say to you and asking questions to make sure you understand because you have a responsibility to understand it. We are born into a system that we did not ask to be that in many ways determines our fate. And so I'm here hopefully to, to break down those barriers, to allow people to see one another as humans and to really let people, irrespective of race or gender or ethnicity or sexual orientation or, or ableism, to be their best selves and to be celebrated in any space. Leaders, give your people sandboxes. You have four walls, of course, and the right. sand in the middle. The four walls are the framework of what you're doing. So you know your job description of like you're expected to do this, this, and this. So that's the framework. And then as a leader, you should give your people the tools to go in that sand and then craft and build a really amazing castle. And the castle is representative of how they do their job. So as a leader, you give the people the tools, the shovel and the bucket and all that. You set them up for success and then you give them defined framework of what their job description is. And then you let people lean on their expertise and build the castle that they want to architect. I think for me, the secret to leadership was empathy. Empathy that I had developed in my journalism, being able to put myself in the shoes of someone else and understand what it's like to be them. An absolute essential skill for leading other people was not just to tell them what to do, but to help them achieve the best that they could achieve and understanding where they are coming from. If I can't make the decision quickly on my own, then I'm going to look at my group and say, okay, who actually has knowledge and experience in these things we're struggling with? Because guess what? Consensus among people that don't have a lot of knowledge and experience is useless. So what you want to do is be super brutally honest with each other and say, okay, who actually has knowledge and experience in these buckets? And guess what? That's the group we're going to listen to on this topic. And that's how we're going to increase our wisdom and make the choice. I can see the one that I need because I 
Hi, I'm Mark Maben, General Manager of WSOU 89.5 FM, Seton Hall's legendary radio station. The Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast was born at WSOU's studios. I'm proud that the station played a pivotal role in assisting Dr. Price in realizing his dream to have a podcast for college-age leaders. It's been wonderful to listen along as the show has evolved. It's come a long way since I was the third guest on the podcast. I've especially enjoyed hearing student voices like Jarrett Dang and Molly Stowe, as well as leaders such as Joan Basicio and Warwick Fairfax. To everyone involved, congratulations, Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, on reaching the 50th episode milestone. May you have many more. Over the past two years, the podcast has been fortunate enough to speak with many different leaders in a variety of different fields. Here are some highlights from each industry, beginning with diplomacy and international relations. Included are clips from guests such as Mohammed Mirgarari, Tatsushi Arai, Janice Kovach, and more. You are responsible for your actions and what you say in the room, but you're also very much in that community. So the community allows for this dialogue to take place. When I found out about the Harvard Institute and hearing how how the institute is bringing together Israelis and Palestinians, which has held you know historical conflict for years, this is a I figured this would be a great opportunity to learn how to apply those conversations to here in the United States because if they can figure out a way to have a discussion around the environment, we absolutely can make that happen here in the United States. You need to be able to work together. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like the the topics of conversation that you're disagreeing on or, or agreeing on, but you have to be able to work together. And that right. was probably the key to that year. We were a little hic- a few hiccups, but successful most of all.
Hello everyone, my name is Rishi Shah and I am a biology major in the BSMD program and also a part of the arts and science cohort in the class of 2023 for the Busino Leadership Institute. I can't talk about my favorite episode because it hasn't released yet, but be on the lookout for that. But what I can say is what is so special to me about the podcast is it allows me to talk to people outside of my field of interest. As a science major, specifically biology, I don't often get the chance to speak to people outside of my field of interest because of time constraints. However, interviewing people from spaces such as public relations, education, diplomacy, etc., I am able to learn more about other perspectives on leadership and life issues. And as a person and as an interviewer, I am able to grow because of that. So thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast. Have a great day, everyone, and happy holidays. Many of our most recent guests this year have been leaders from the field of education, including elementary school principal Jay Billy, middle school teacher and counselor Billy Ward, and our very own provost Katia Passerini and our education AD Yolanda Jackson. When I interview a teacher, one of the things I ask them is, okay, you want to work at Ben Franklin School. Why do I want my child in your class? Then I listen carefully to what they're saying. And so you want to be that teacher that you'd want your own child in your class and excited about coming to that classroom every single day. Because everybody, you know, especially when you're just out of college, you know, your first answer is, well, because I really love kids and I'm the best (laughs) teacher, you know, And, and again, you have to say those things, of course, but do I really feel it? Do I really feel, am I excited? Would I be excited, Claire, if I was interviewing you to say, yes, you know, when I have a first grader, you know, I want them in your class. And then if I have a hundred of those teachers, I'm in good shape. Continue to question anything that the professor says. It's such a better class when you don't have students that are just listening to, you know, your guidance, which there is a space and place for it, but that they're questioning what you're doing. And I I know that the professors welcome this in general because it makes the entire class very exciting. You, You talk, you discuss more so than just reading and repeating. So I think that's what I would encourage the students to continue to do, continue to ask all those questions. As a teacher, I often feel like a student, and being a teacher and being at the at the front of the room is a real privilege. But I'm I'm never really the guy to kind of stand up at, at the front and say, "Hey, I got all the answers." You know, I haven't made it. I'm trying to make it, and, and what I mean by that is I'm human, and uh, I think being human, you have to kind of be open to the whole spectrum of, of human emotion. And I think it's got to go both ways. If you're in a healthy environment where the teachers are learning from the students and the students are learning from a the teachers and, and it goes both ways and I think that's that's our human nature you know it's there's a give and a take and, and a push and a pull and, and a love and a be loved and so I think it's really important as a teacher to be open to that and I think if you are your students end up being more engaged in, in the long run and they see you as being somebody you know who isn't such an authority figure but really a mm-hmm. human being. What's important in your brick and mortar classroom is important in the virtual classroom so what should be important is, especially at the beginning of the year for elementary kids, is building those relationships. So that's where you spend your time. It looks different on the screen than it does in the classroom. You know, we're not all sitting at a, at a carpet in a circle, but there are ways to do that. And our teachers have been really good at 
giving kids time to talk to each other and, you know, building that classroom family. Cause that's, that's how you make your classroom successful during the year. When you build that classroom family, learning can't occur until those relationships are formed. The importance of good leadership in the healthcare industry cannot be emphasized enough. Next is some insight from guests, Roz Hollingsworth, Jenna Mason, Ruchin Kansal, and Allison Lamoureux on leadership in the healthcare and nursing industries. At the middle of the first semester, our fall semester freshman year, Dr. Connolly kind of gave us the challenge of, you know, finding an innovative idea for healthcare. Dr. Connolly is the head of their program. Yeah. So she kind of gave us a challenge to kind of think of an innovative idea. And we started bouncing off ideas. And I think Katie was the one who kind of came up with the idea of Care Call. And from there, like, we just all were very excited about the idea and uh, wanted to work on it. So we decided to, you know, continue on with Mm -hmm. Pirate's Pitch. So Care Call is basically a tablet slash software software system, so a software system that would be implemented into a tablet. And in hospitals, they'd be put in patient rooms. And it's basically to help kind of replace the like call bell system to kind of make... Which is that, is that that button you see in like TV shows where the patient pushes a button? Yeah. It's like, I need a nurse. This is like a more high-techy version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically more modern, high-tech version of a call bell system. I tell, you know, different nursing students that come spend the day with me and things like that, you know, when it comes to you as a leader, that's something that is unique to you. It's special to you. It's something that you take with you wherever you go, whether you're on a, you know, on a nursing unit or you're in the outpatient setting or even you as a person kind of coincides with who you are as a leader. But it's something special. It can be cultivated and developed and take different experiences and really fine tune your your leadership skills and things like that. And I also think it's, it's very important to recognize that being a leader doesn't mean you're necessarily in a quote unquote leadership position. Sure. Sometimes being a leader is, you know, doing the right thing or being flexible or, or adaptable to change and just kind of With putting without your... a title. Exactly. Exactly. You don't need a title to be a leader. Healthcare is a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. And we live in an environment where it has become a business, right? And then we as patients are treated as someone with a dollar value on our head. That is good and bad. I mean, that is good because that really incentivizes the healthcare industry to continuously innovate and bring the best technologies, best procedures forward. It is bad because a lot of times we forget that we are talking about humans here. So what I would say is having a human-centered approach to medicine is very, very important. Always reminding ourselves that we are in the business of healthcare for the patient, for the individual is very, very important. And then from that perspective, precision medicine is very important because not all of us are created equal. However, if we can leverage technology, science, uh, and humanity to create the best outcome for each of us. To see what's been achieved in a short time, the continual emergence of new data around these vaccines and seeing progress into clinical trials and then the type of results that came out from from Pfizer just a, a day or so ago, really exciting to see that and really motivating for us who are working in this field to keep going, that we're on the right track. Hello, my name is Jasmine DeLeon. I'm part of the Diplomacy Corps Class of 2024. Something that's really special about the podcast is that each guest has a different but really compelling story and they offer up advice that anybody can learn from. This next segment features our favorite clips from guests that are leaders in business, though their knowledge and insight is applicable in almost any field. 
Here are some highlights from Craig LeMasters, Michael Riley, Jack Shannon, and Lee Miller. Most leaders at every stage, including the CEO, leave these three things behind. Number one, personal brand. Study it, work on it, figure it out. You can't lead effectively without understanding your personal brand, activating it, and always nurturing it. Number two, learn how to communicate. Communication is not hard, and it's not being the next motivational speaker and all that kind of stuff. One of the biggest drawbacks for leaders, particularly in crisis time like we're here now, is the muddled message, right? That's what's happening in your groups even, is they can't message to each other what we're trying to get done. And then when they do land on a decision, they probably message it very poorly to the group, right? I'd be almost willing to bet the people that win every year are the ones that have the best message, not the best idea. So learn how to communicate through message squaring. And the third thing is be part of building an incredible culture in whatever organization you go into. So work on your personal brand, learn how to communicate through tools like message square and be a part of something that's super gritty and you be a part of that personally and i promise you you will thrive Three different approaches. Once, of course, you know somebody's you perspective mm-hmm. to getting them to come around to doing what you want them to do. Convince is about how do I affect the perception of value? How do you, when I make a proposal, how do I get you rather than saying, that's an interesting idea, let me think about it, to wow, let's talk about this. How can I do that? So that's what convinces. It's, it's how to, again, by appealing to what you care about, how do I present this in a way that really triggers your emotional response of, that, I really want to do that. Now let's figure out the details. So that's convinced. Collaborate is your traditional win-win negotiating, the way we have taught negotiating at least uh, since I was in law school. How do I make this better for both of us? So mm-hmm. uh, that's more objective, whereas convince is more subjective. And create is about structure. How do I structure our interactions in ways for maximum impact? Hey, this is Kai DeJesus, a sophomore in the College of Communication and the Arts. What I love about this podcast is the ability for me to talk to interesting, wise, and insightful people. It's taught me that everyone can teach me something. I just have to talk to them for long enough to find out. I hope that my conversations on this podcast bring what the listeners you hear, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. From award-winning journalists and broadcasters to TV network executives, we've spoken with many accomplished leaders in the field of communications. Here are our favorite clips from Brad Abramson, Anthony De Palma, Glenn Shuck, and WSOU's very own Mark Maven.
existed, that I could choose a path for myself that would be better uh, than my own ones. And it was a very, very good experience. I don't know if I'm quite sure. But I was asked to have a conversation about what the point of steward selection. And another one I look back on now, which was a lot of fun, which was a documentary on Soul Train, which we did a VH1 about seven or eight years ago. It was, we were able to get the rights to the Soul Train library of you know, videos and on, on shows. We interviewed a lot of artists and people who were on Soul Train. And we made a documentary that actually played at film festivals all over the world. And one of the highlights of my life was watching, sitting in a theater in uh, Barcelona, Spain, and watching in a theater of like a thousand Spaniards, many of whom probably didn't speak English, listening to them sing along with the soundtrack to this documentary in this crowded theater and just kind of realizing like how your work connect with people a world away. The internet has broken up the need for a media company to, to appeal to a broad range of people in order to get those advertising revenues and how that's all changed. And now you can narrowcast instead of broadcast, narrowcast to just an individual group of people who, have this, who share the same ideals. And that's how you end up with news that sort of fulfills an expectation. You believe one thing and you want the news to reinforce that thing, which is different from the other approach that we had before, which was to appeal to the broadest number of people. But there's always going to be a need for the truth. And I think any thinking person today would look at the situation that we're in, and rather than being scared away from it because of the talk about fake news, would quickly come to the conclusion that reliable information is more important than it ever was before. Hey everyone and congrats on the 50th episode. My name is Shanna Moran and I was one of the first student interviewers for the Buccino Leadership Institute podcast. One of my favorite moments was interviewing my mentor and friend, Julie Foudy. It was my first interview ever, but because of Dr. Price's faith in me and his mentorship, I was able to interview this woman who has meant so much to me over the years and help launch a podcast that has grown to mean so, so much to me. I am so thankful to Audrey, her entire team, and Dr. Price for trusting us and helping us build this incredible podcast. Without his vision and leadership, none of this would be possible. I'm so proud of everybody. Congrats, guys. From legendary broadcasters to World Cup champions, some of our most notable guests early on were from the world of sports. So, next you'll hear from Robin Cunningham, Charles Grantham, Julie Foudy, and Bob Lee on their insight into the sports industry. So I enjoyed the, uh, the self-direction and the self-motivation of an individual sport, of course I did. But there's nothing more gratifying to me than playing on a team and having that cooperative effort and cooperative feeling that you have for the people or however many people doing something for the betterment of the group. So I certainly learned a lot about leadership and motivation, team motivation from
As we're nearing the end of this episode, I'd like to share with you some of my personal favorite moments from the podcast history, which come from the Glenn Shuck, Bob Lee, and Julie Foudy episodes. As we say at the end of each episode, that is all the time we have for today. 
I'd like to thank our listeners, each and every incredible guest we've had the privilege of talking to, Mr. Mark Mabin and WSOU, Doug Wooliver, and of course, every member of my team, Ashley Howard, Kai DeJesus, Rishi Shaw, DJ Matos, Claire Samuel, Brady O'Malley, Keshav Agiwal, Jasmine DeLeon, Claire Donnelly, and of course, my original team, Peter Egerding, Allison Lamoureux, Will Steck, and Shannon Moran. Without any of you, this podcast would not be what it is today. And last but certainly not least, I'd like to thank Dr. Brian Price for believing in me and entrusting me with this podcast. It has truly changed my life. Here's to 50 more episodes. And to our listeners, we'll see you in 2021.